thank you for joining we are going after the one where we're leaving the 99 and going after that one lost person maybe today you are that lost person so stay tuned and be encouraged Do you need protection? Hey, welcome back to our Going After The One podcast. I'm your host, Matthew J. Parker. I hope you had a great week as it's been pretty good for us here. And I just wanted to talk to you this week about the armor of God. I know if you've been into Sunday school over the your life as a child and everything, I'm sure you've heard this reference multiple times. You know, there's probably even been crafts and whatnot Talking about the armor of God, I'm sure you even had like the little uh, craft where you had like the little brass push pins or whatever where you had the little medieval soldier looking like dude where, you know, his arms and everything moved and the big old shield and all that. And so I just wanted to talk to you about that this week because I just felt like, you know, we need to dive into that deeper and kind of go a little bit more deeper than we learned as a Sunday school kid. And so here we go. Uh, you'll find where God talks about the armor of God. It's actually Paul writing about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. I'm going to start by reading the New Living Translation, and then we're just going to jump right in, suit up, and have fun. And so, verse 13, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. I'm going to read it again, this time from the message. I just thought it like, you know, the message, you know, I know some people probably like, you know, hey, that's kind of heresy, whatever. But I love how it just kind of, it adds more to me flavor, just kind of gives it a little bit more punch to kind of help drive it home. And starting in verse, I think 10 to 12, I don't know, it's hard to figure out verses in the message. But anyways, it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weakened war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon, and in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep your others spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And I was like, that just really, really drives home the fact 
that, you know, I, I like how it said, this is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about it in a couple hours. This is for keeps, life or death. And I was just like, that really just, I mean, that just drives that home. Like, you know what? This isn't a, a Saturday fling where, you know, we're going to go pretend, you know, like you'll see where some people, you know, they have the, the fairy tale, you know, night and all that stuff, you know, where they have the foam swords and everything. And, you know, they have their little make-believe villages and castles and gallop around like Monty Python's, you know, horses, you know, with the coconuts or whatever. This is an all-out life or death match. And so I wanted to just kind of break down the armor of God. And so, you know, what was the first thing I talked about? And it said, by putting on the belt of truth. And so, you know, if we look at, you know, first of all, let's simplify it. You know what? Belts are wonderful. You know, if you don't put the belt on, what happens? You know, when I was studying for this and preparing for this, I was reminded of it. I think it was American Idol or whatever. And, you know, the judges, you know, they have their little panel. And there was a gentleman that came on. And and he's like, hey, I, I wrote this song and I want to sing. And he starts going off about how, you know, pants are on the ground, pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with the pants on the ground. And so I was like, without a belt, your pants will be on the ground. You know, and I love how it says, you know what, it keeps everything together. And what what did he say the belt was? The belt was truth. And so I love how, you know, what what is truth? You know, Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so here, here the, the scriptures is telling us, you know what, we need to, to belt us up with Jesus, man. Like he is with us, man. You know, because what happens when our pants fall down? We look like fools. You know, our private part of our lives is exposed. And so we, we need to keep that, that truth cinched up tight. You know, otherwise, you know, we're mooning the world. And that is not something we want. I mean, I remember years ago, there's this guy, he'd always come in to the place I was working at, and he never seemed to wear a belt. I don't even think he owned a belt or a string or anything. And so he's constantly pulling up his pants. But what when he was busy, his pants kept creeping down more and more, and you got to see the moon on the sunniest day, and it was terrible. And, you know, it's still seared into the memories of my brain that I will probably carry with me to the end. I just love how that is the, the very first thing that we, he talks about in this armor. You know, the, the truth. We need the truth. We need to know the truth, and the truth is God. And we need to stay secured to God and secured to the truth. And so moving on, you know, here we talks about how the body armor of God's righteousness. You know, some versions talk about the breastplate of righteousness. And, you know, and what what is the breastplate covering? The heart. And, you know, and I thought it was just crazy to, you know, if you really think about it, you know, if you look up in the dictionary what righteousness means, righteousness is acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. And so I, I just loved how it was like, you know, God was telling Paul when he's writing this that keep our heart protected because heart is one of the most valuable organs in our body. You know, without the heart pumping, we got no blood and we got no life. And even Jesus, you know, I loved how in some of his parables, I remember last week we talked about the parables of the lost, you know, the sheep, the coin, the son, and all that. 
And here we have Jesus, you know, he, he talks about heart issues because he knows how important the heart is, you know, and that's why we need to wrap ourselves with righteousness. And, you know, this isn't the type of righteousness where we walk around with our nose held high and like we're better than others. It was more like knowing that who we are in Christ. And so, you know, I love how Jesus compares certain things to the heart. You know, so if we look at Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about heart issues. You know, and he talks about, first he's talking about how, you know, hey, you know, there's always been the command, do not murder. But yet, let's look what he says. And this is Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22, reading it from the message again. And so it says, you're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. And so I love how Jesus is talking about the heart, you know, the the seeds that we come out of our heart, that we plant in our heart, and we grow out of our heart is more than just words. You know, he's saying that if if we go, if we are angry with someone, it is almost to the point where it's almost like an emotional murder of that person. And he's saying that is wrong. Words kill. He even talks about, again, another heart issue. And it says, you know, the next commandment pretty well. Don't go to bed with another person's spouse, but don't think you've perversed your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by even lust even quicker than your body. Those oogling eyes you think nobody notices, they also corrupt. I love how it's amazing how he is saying, you know, it talks about adultery, you know, walking out on your spouse and all that. But he's saying that even if you say, hey, you know what, morally I'm safe because I haven't slept with that person. I've stayed out of that bed, but yet my eyes wander And they lead to your heart, and that starts corrupting your heart. And so when we wear that breastplate of righteousness, that that righteousness that wraps us in protection and says, you know what? We are free from guilt or sin. You know, we're, we're not sinless because we are human. We are corruptible and everything. But when we have that righteousness wrapped around us, it keeps us protected. It helps us to keep our eyes focused on God instead of oogling at people walking by or images that we may find on our phones or screens. And so that's why I feel like it is so important to keep that righteousness, that that breastplate, that body armor strapped onto us. If we look at body armor, you know, or even metal, we could say, you know what, maybe let's not use righteousness. Let's use a lesser metal in our armor you know, let's say, let's just wrap ourselves with good intentions and we should be good to go. And, you know, it'd be like wrapping yourself with an aluminum can. Would you want to go up in a sword fight with an aluminum can versus an iron plate? I guarantee one slice of that sword and a, that pop can is going to be in multiple pieces and so are you. You know, your blood and guts are going to be spewing out and you're going to be crying to your, for your mom saying, I should have had that iron plate like the Bible talked about. And so we need to have ourselves wrapped in righteousness. And so, and you know, we go back and it says, so put on the belt of truth. 
the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. The good news, you know, the gospel, the the hope that Jesus has given us, we need to take that. We need to to polish up our shoes and, and slip them on, and we need to follow what Christ has asked us to do. I love how it says in Matthew twenty eight nineteen. it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we need to take the good news and we need to take it to the people because there might be someone that is, hasn't experienced this good news and we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if, you know, if we don't stand on that good news... What are we going to stand for? Well, what does the old proverb say? You know, for anyone that doesn't stand up for anything will fall for everything. And so we need to stand on that good news. And, you know, we need to just keep ourselves focused on what the task is at hand. And so we have the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness, the shoes is the peace from the good news. And in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You know, I watch a lot of like the medieval fighting, the swords and all that. And, you know, and it says, you know, it talks about a shield of faith. And a shield is not something that you hide behind and you cower behind. A shield is a a weapon. You know, it is something, is a tool to help in battle. It is another form of defense. You know, and if you watch a lot of these fighting scenes, you know, where the swords are flying and the shields are, are there to stop it, you know, they use the shield just as much as the sword itself. And so here we're saying, you know what? We need to not cower behind faith, but we need to stand with faith. And we need to allow the faith to trust in God to keep off the fiery arrows. And so that way we can continue to fight. You know, because if you have someone coming from the right and something coming from the left, you can use the shield on one side and the sword on the other side. You know, and what is the definition of faith? Is believing and things you cannot see, you know, and, and I love how, you know, it talks about, you know, this whole concept of why we need the armor of God is because we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against enemies, the devil, evil that is in this world, you know, and so we need that spiritual armor to fight a spiritual battle. And so, and you know, moving on, so we have the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, the shoes of peace of the good news, the shield of faith. You know, and then it talks about how we need to put on salvation as your helmet. You know, and I thought it was ironic that they used salvation as the helmet. Because what does the helmet protect? It protects your brain, your melon, your, 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 the person that you are. You know, and if you look at Paul, he writes in Romans 12 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in other words, it's saying, you know what? We don't need to be copy what the world is doing, but allow God to transform our mind into, into something that is perfect and pleasing to him. You know, that salvation, we need to wrap our minds around and say, you know what? We need this salvation to protect our minds, you know, not to isolate us from the world, but to protect us, you know, so that way our thoughts are his thoughts, our ways are his ways, and our actions are his actions, you know, because how can we act like Christ if we don't think like Christ? It's hard to, to be a good person when you're constantly thinking angry thoughts. And so we need to have that, that salvation cover ourselves 
So that way, you know what? We can keep our focus on God. You know, and finally, you know, in the last part of the armor of God, it talks about the sword, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so with every piece of armor that you ever see in the battle, you need to have the weapon. But a sword is two things. A sword can defend yourself from attack. You know, if you watch those fighting scenes, you know, they can block another sword fight or sword attack with their sword, but then they can also attack with the sword. And so we need to stand firmly on the word of God. We need, In order to do that, we need to know what it says. You know, the stats are saying that people that are claiming to be Christians do not know what the Bible it says itself. And that is a scary stat to where people are living their life claiming to follow a Christ, but they don't know what he wants them to do. They don't have that that really close-knit relationship because they don't know who he is. It's almost like being married to someone and never having a conversation with them, but yet you want to be married to them. And so the word is our sword. It helps us to effectively fight off the attacks. You know, like when I talked about it a couple weeks ago in a previous podcast where I was talking about how at my boot camp summer experiences where, you know, when I was faced with the imitation attacks of the devil, where people were calling me names and I had to use the scripture, the word of God to fight them off. That's what it's talking about. Now, I'm not saying, you know, run around with clipboards and yell at little kids and calling them names and everything so they can learn the Bible. But I am saying that we need to know what the scripture says because it is crucial. I mean, if we look at how Jesus, you know, the story of where Jesus, you know, he goes off into the wilderness. He was fasting and praying for 40 days. And when he comes back, he is tempted by the devil. Three different scenarios, you know, and what does Jesus do? He only fights with scripture. You know, the devil, you know, I'm sure after 40 days, man, I'd eat anything that was put before me. And here we have the devil say, hey, Jesus, take these stones and turn them into bread. And Jesus was like, no, the Bible talks about how we need to live on, on more than just bread. You know, he takes him up to the highest temple point and he says, hey, jump. God's angels will protect you. You know, and again, Jesus was like, but the scriptures said, don't test God. And then the devil's like, hey, I will give you everything if you just bow down And again, Jesus is like, but the scriptures said we shall have no other gods other than the one true God. And I love how he was just like, he could have been like, nope, beat it, beat it. He he had the authority, but yet he used the scripture. He used that sword to say, but the scriptures, the Bible, the word of God says this. And if we don't know what that says... How are we ever going to use it? And so, you know, as we go about this week, the future weeks, the years and all that, we need to make sure that, you know what, we are using this armor because like the scripture says, God gave, made it for us. He gave it to us so that way we can stand when the battle is over. You know, this isn't some just weekend cosplay stuff. This is a life or death battle. And so I hope that this challenge you to, to one, to realize the need that you have for the armor of God, but two, to really apply it to your lives, you know, to, to, to dive into the scripture so that way you can start, you know, 
putting on that truth around you. You can cover yourself with that righteousness of knowing that, you know what, God has called me to greater things. And that you can cover your mind with salvation and to know that, you know what, I need to start focusing on the things that God has called me to do to set me apart to do and to follow it. And you know what? And sometimes we might have to stand on that faith when things get rough. But yet, God is always there. And so I hope that this this week, this podcast, this episode has challenged you and encouraged you to know that, you know what? Life may be kicking you in the shorts right now. and You may be feeling like, you know what? I am under attack and it is coming from all over. But God is with us. And here, he has sent us his armor of God. And so, hey, I hope you have a great week. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning into our episode. You can connect with us at our website at wearegoingafterthewan.com, where you can also connect with our social platforms. Thanks and have a blessed day.